0: Welcome to the Fleet FYS podcast, the weekly podcast by Utilimark that reveals how you can make the most of your data for smarter fleet management. My name is Gretchen and every week I'll be sharing with you not only over two decades worth of data insights, but some of the industry's hottest talking points and key metric analysis with the aim to help you better understand your fleet from every angle. Before we begin, if this is the first time you've heard our show. Thanks for stopping by. Once you've finished today's episode, if you could take a few minutes to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform, I would really appreciate it. Give us a rating, five stars, I hope, or tell us what you liked or leave us a comment or a question about what you've heard in today's episode. If we haven't yet covered a topic that you're interested in hearing more about, let us know. We would be happy to go over it in detail in a later episode. Let's dig in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fleet FYI's podcast. I'm super excited to be back this week with a topic that I haven't really touched on in a while. But before we dive into today's episode, I really wanted to share a super cool survey that we have active right now on utilimark.com, and all of that is surrounding supply chain issues. You know, I know it's been a thorn in the sides of fleet managers everywhere around the world. It's not just a North American problem. However, I really just want to hear from you guys what's bugging you, what's going on with supply chain, and what's going on with procurement issues. Let me know what you've been dealing with. Let me know how you're going about trying to solve it. Or if you just want to unload and have a little bit of a vent, go for it. I'm excited to hear it all. You can find that survey at www.utilimarc.com, utilimar forward slash take the survey with little dashes in between. I really hope that you're able to share with us what's going on because I can't wait to hear from you. But today's episode is not on supply chain issues and supply chain challenges. So without any further ado, let's get into the show. So if you didn't guess by the title already, today's episode is all on vehicle lifecycle. And I wanted to share some tips with you as to whether or not a vehicle might be worth still keeping in operation, perhaps or perhaps it's time to let it go, or also if there are some small things that you could be doing to actually increase a vehicle's life cycle. And I'll even share a little bit of data that we just pulled from the last year's benchmark. As well as a couple of custom analyses that we've done for some folks on vehicle lifecycle in general, I'll share with you a little bit about how those actually work, and I'll also put a link in the show notes just in case you want to find out any more on this particular dashboard. Alrighty, so I'm sure that ma- the majority of you listening to the show know what a vehicle lifecycle is and also know that it begins the day that it's assembled in a factory and ends when it's broken down in a recycling plant and repurposed. Right. So for a fleet management, the more relevant period of time is from the day that the vehicle is actually acquired to when it's ultimately resold or disposed of. So deciding the life cycle of a vehicle is a strategic decision that really affects operational costs and a company's bottom line. You know, this is no secret here. And the decision could depend on the intended use of the vehicle itself the terrain and the environment in which it operates, and the impact of maintenance costs and downtime to business. Regular maintenance is essential in keeping vehicles running smoothly and avoiding breakdowns that might result in downtime and higher repair costs, and fleets have long depended on routine preventative maintenance procedures such as oil changes, belt changes, transmission checkups, and and more just to keep their vehicles on the road These types of check-ins have a very regular frequency, and they're fairly simple to keep up to date using the instructions given by original equipment manufacturers for each model, or perhaps by your own company's procedure of figuring out when your regular maintenance checks or preventative maintenance checks are going to take place. Still, some issues are subjective to vehicle condition, driver behavior, and other variable factors that make it more difficult to determine a standard schedule for this type of service. And this is where what we call predictive maintenance can step in and traditional preventative maintenance can sometimes fall short. So, even though I'm sure you guys probably know this already, I'm going to go over it for the folks that maybe haven't heard of the difference of these two terms yet, predictive versus preventative maintenance. So, predictive maintenance is up first. And with vehicles being so data driven today, you know, there's so many data sources out there, it only makes sense that these analytics can be used for maintenance scheduling as well. Seems pretty simple, right? Predictive maintenance uses statistical techniques to identify red flags within a vehicle's condition that might be difficult to see. So with this method, vehicles are serviced proactively when they need it instead of reactively once a problem has actually occurred. And though with newer vehicles, preventative maintenance might seem like the better option as breakdowns are hopefully and typically less common and machines aren't yet worn down, as this vehicle ages, breakdowns can occur much more often and sporadically. Typically when you really don't want them to, right? I mean, I'm sure we've all probably seen the trucks on the side of the road where they were just taking off to go to a job site, or maybe it was even you headed for, headed for a vacation and all of a sudden the vehicle won't start because something happened, It's kind of a pain, right? We've all been there. But by monitoring unhealthy patterns in the machinery or perhaps in driver behavior, maintenance can actually be scheduled before the damage is incurred and likely before preventative maintenance measures would have been called for. This method of vehicle maintenance can actually really enhance fleet operations in a variety of ways by saving companies time and money and ultimately prolonging vehicles' lifespans, which, I mean, who doesn't want that? (laughs) benefits then come in for fleets as a whole. Well, for vehicles already fitted with telematics, hardware, and software, preventative maintenance is a great way to take advantage of the valuable data that is already being collected. By looking at a vehicle's actual condition instead of going off of a set-in-stone schedule given by manufacturers, fleet managers can actually tailor their service schedules specifically to each vehicle's individual needs. Pretty cool, right? And another really, really big benefit to this is being able to reduce your maintenance costs straight away. So though manufacturers put a lot of thought and trial data behind their determined service schedules, relying on these suggestions implies that all vehicles are exactly the same and that all vehicles are used exactly the same way, which I'm sure we all know by now just simply isn't true. And this discounts the fact that fleets serve countless purposes, with some vehicles driving on a rougher terrain or in harsher environments. I mean, think Minnesota fleet versus Texas fleet, California fleet versus New York. I mean, there's so many different options here, right? And others can be making long-haul journeys across a country, or some are operating all day but only driving a few miles, for example, an urban fleet. And suffice to say, the conditions of these vehicles will likely be different to generalize, and they should each be monitored individually they're used for different individual purposes, so why not monitor the data individually? It seems like a pretty decent solution. And using predictive maintenance gives managers the advantage of letting their vehicles keep running until their conditions actually demand service. On the other hand, if a vehicle needs servicing before scheduling, managers can actually pull that vehicle off the road and avoid a breakdown. It's a win-win in my opinion. (laughs) But in either case, managers are cutting down on costs from servicing more often than necessary and avoiding expensive repair bills by catching a problem before it's too late and turns into a massive problem. Another benefit that a lot of fleets tend to see is increased vehicle lifespan. So using this predictive maintenance model can potentially increase a vehicle's life cycle in many ways. First, because the vehicle's actual condition is being monitored in real time, its ultimate life cycle will be determined on the vehicle's health instead of the number of years it's been at work. For fleet managers, this means that they could likely get a few more years out of many of their vehicles, saving the company the high acquisition costs of new vehicles for at least a few more years, and especially now, with lead times being as they are, it saves you a little bit of a headache, too especially if you have a vehicle that can still pick up the slack whilst you're waiting for that new vehicle to come in. This type of maintenance also improves vehicle lifespan by keeping the vehicles in better condition from the start. So the needs of these assets are tended to much more closely and not letting problems build up and worsen machine function, which ultimately would end up in that higher repair bill rather than something that could be taken care of in lesser time and with a less cost associated. Now, the last benefit that I really wanted to touch on today is an overall decrease in downtime. And another way that the use of predictive maintenance is beneficial for companies is because of this reduction of vehicle downtime, right? If a is down, it's not gonna be able to help you in any way until it's back and running again. So this downtime that can be due to unexpected breakdowns can really impact business heavily, especially for those, which I'm sure of you can relate to some of this, if you work under strict time constraints like produce delivery trucks or something else in that, delir- in that delivery or logistics side of the fleet industries that are in the U.S. and Canada and all around the world, and one day out of service can be really detrimental and it can give a business an unreliable reputation. By servicing vehicles on an as-needed basis, breakdowns are much less likely to happen, which can really improve fleet dependability as well. And what this means for fleets overall is that all things considered, predictive maintenance isn't wildly different from what fleets have already been doing. And any good fleet manager should be consistently reevaluating their maintenance schedules to best serve their vehicles and optimize vehicle lifespan. That's no secret here. However, it is true that with telematics technology, there is a plethora of more interesting data to be discovered and in a much timelier way, making it very much worth the investment. before I let you go for the week, as promised, I wanted to give you a quick rundown of our most recent data spotlight based on the lifecycle dashboard that we've had in our solution-based platform for a very long time. And this data story was originally done in July of 2020. But over the last year, we've really wanted to update it from benchmarking information and also more data that we're able to collect over the years. And more often than not, one thing we found is that fleet managers tend to write their vehicle lifecycle policy in terms of a vehicle's age and the number of miles that it's driven. That's kind of a no-brainer here. And in such a policy, a light-duty truck, think like a Ford F-150, might have a life cycle of about 10 years or maybe 150,000 miles driven. But this does raise a key question: You know, do factors like age and miles driven typically determine? that typically determine vehicle life cycle, can they actually help you determine how expensive a vehicle will be to operate as it ages? Well, maybe. And one thing that I'd really like to point out here is that both age and mileage impact the cost of over time of operating a vehicle. And these two variables can give insight into maintenance costs associated with the vehicle as well. And Within this data story, and like I said, I will have it linked in the show notes here, there is a dashboard inserted that displays the maintenance cost of an F-150 equivalent truck broken out by age and life-to-date mileage. Now, in this particular example, each cell within the table, and again, check it out from the link in the show notes if you want to take a look, each cell shows the average maintenance cost consisting of parts and labor per mile for a vehicle of the specified age and life-to-date mileage. For example, a four-year-old pickup truck with 50,000 life-to-date miles can be expected to cost you an average of $0.16 per mile in parts and labor to stay on the road every time you drive. In this particular example as well, the green cells within it highlight the sweet spots where it's less expensive to operate these vehicles, whereas, of course, the cells in red represent the points at which operating costs may become more expensive or potentially too expensive to be able to justify One thing I noticed when I was looking at this particular example was that the colors illustrate an unexpected pattern within the data. Moving across the row horizontally when we're looking at the life-to-date miles, you'll notice slight changes in color rather than a dramatic shift. For example, whether a 5-year-old pickup has 40,000 or 100,000 life-to-date miles, it still costs about $0.20 per mile to maintain and operate. And this signifies that this LTD mileage seems to have less impact on calculating the anticipated maintenance cost per mile than age potentially may have. And if you move down each column, this is again referring to age, you'll almost always notice a dramatic shift in color from green to red. Why? Well, this is due to older vehicles on average being significantly more expensive to operate, even with a constant rate of LTD mileage. And as we analyzed this particular part of the data, we asked why such a pattern would occur. And perhaps it's because problem units are either sold or scrapped before making it to high lifetime mileage, or potentially it could be due to other factors affecting the cost per mile as well. So that leaves you with one question. Should it stay or should it go? And for my Clash fans, I really hope you'll... Uh, Appreciate that reference because that's what I had in mind when I wrote that into the show today. But again, does it make sense to keep older vehicles with lower LTD mileage counts? Well, this is a decision that many, if not all, fleet managers have to make at some point, and it may seem like a good option given the low mileage, but holding on to a vehicle with low life-to-date miles may end up being more expensive than initially expected. In view of this, fleet managers really do need to be careful about how they structure their vehicle lifecycle policies, taking into account many variables regardless of patterns and of data, and should always be cautious when considering vehicles for replacement. Like I always say, a friendly reminder just because it's low mileage units does not necessarily make it worth hanging on to for the long run. But I would love to know if you have any questions at all about vehicle life cycle, life-to-date miles, cost per miles, cost per usage day, any questions that you might have, I would love to hear them. You know, you can send me an email, you can tag me on LinkedIn, use the hashtag Utila Fleet FYI's, or you can even send me a carrier pigeon if you are so inclined, because of course, I do love that, and I'd love to answer any questions that you have. But before I let you go for today, I just wanted to remind you, if you haven't already, please, 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 if you could, and if you have some time, if you could give us a rating and a review on your favorite podcasting platform, it really, really helps me out. And I so appreciate whenever I see your feedback. And also, it helps more folks like you find our show. So until next week, I will see you again on Friday with another episode of Utilamark Fleet FYIs. I hope you have a good weekend and a very, very happy 4th of July holiday. Ciao. Hey there. It's me again. I think it's time to cue the virtual high five because you've just finished listening to another episode of the fleet FYI's podcast. If you're already wanting more on all things fleet and vehicle technology, head over to utilimark.com, which is utilimark with a C U T I L I M A R C.com for this episode's show notes and extra insights coming straight from our analyst to you. That's all from me this week. So until next time, I'll catch you later.